So are the Ducks setting themselves up for failure, or are they laying the groundwork for future success? Well, that depends who you ask, and we will talk about that today. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. All right, let's get started because a little bit that I want to talk about today, and that is the future of the Ducks, more so the immediate future of the Ducks, and maybe the long-term maybe success, who knows. So at the outset, I even said, what are the Ducks doing? Is it failure? Is it success? What are they doing in the A, immediate future, B, in the distant future? Let's start with the immediate future, shall we? Let's start with the fact that Dallas Eakins is sticking around, right? Let's think about the fact that the Ducks have about $20 million in cap space. And there's already been some free agents off the board. So now the Ducks need to start looking at possibly making some trades. And I know there's going to be silly season coming up with some other hosts fairly soon as to what the Ducks could possibly do for a trade. We'll get to that later on this summer. But as of right now, let's take a look at what the Ducks are doing immediately. And all signs are pointing to they're probably going to be looking at a top 10 pick again. I'm just going to be honest here. After losing so many players in the trade deadline last season, after losing Ricard Raquel, Hampus Lindholm, I can name other, Josh Manson, obviously, you lose a bunch of guys, right? You lose Nick Delorier. You lose some of those key players, some of those guys that were part of your core and are now not. I talked about Hampus Lindholm yesterday in my yelling, ranting, whatever. Yeah, Lindholm is gone. He will not be coming back. Josh Manson. What about Josh Manson? He could get a cup. He might be asking for a lot. I don't know if Josh Manson at this point of of his career wants to go back to the Ducks What about Ricard Raquel? Well, Raquel could be a possibility, but you kind of get the sense that he's moved on, right? I mean, that's a lot of what we're hearing is that Ricard Raquel likely will not come back. So what do you do if you're the Anaheim Ducks? Do you go after someone who's dumping salary? Do you go after some one-year deals? Do you go after, do you trade for guys that are on the end of their contracts and then you've got a bucket load of cap space later on? Or do you at least try to go after someone that could be part of your future? This goes into something else that I've heard rumors about, and it is John Gibson. What are the Ducks going to do with John Gibson? Are they going to keep him? Are they going to trade him? That's a multifaceted question that I want to get to in the second part of this podcast. Let's start with, at this part of the podcast, what the Ducks could do with some of their money. And some of the pieces they have. I mean, they have draft picks. They have a few draft picks this season. They could get someone via a trade. I mean, I like what the Ducks tried to do last season. They tried to use the cap space in the voided Evgeny Dadunov deal. And at least there was something that GM Pat Verbeek tried to do. So could we see more of those deals? It's possible. 
it's very possible that the Ducks could be looking at those one-year deals because Dallas Eakins is here for just one more season. Remember that Bob Murray did this a couple years ago. Remember the Jacob Perot trade. The Ducks took on David Backus's contract. I mean, that went about as well as expected. David Backus played out the rest of his career here in Anaheim. And they got Jacob Perot as an indirect result of that. Not a bad deal. So could it be possible that the Ducks could take on another bad contract, maybe with a draft pick attached to it? That that could be possible. You never know. As far as breaking apart from Ricardo Hill, like I mentioned, that's probably something that was bound to happen. But the Ducks do need to shore up on defense. So that's where I'm going to just go here for a split second. The Ducks could bring some potential good defensemen. Hey, who knows? Maybe they could bring Shea Theodore back. Why not? Vegas is looking to shed some of their cap space. If you recall what happened a couple months ago, Vegas was in the midst of salary cap hell. And even despite all of that, they still missed the playoffs. So they're going to be shedding some cap space. Hey, you know what? If you're the Anaheim Ducks, maybe you look at that and go, hey, there could be a reunion. Maybe bring back Shea Theodore. Why not? Maybe right that wrong that took place five years ago and bring it back. Hey, you know what? I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it at all. Shea Theodore was a perfectly fine player here in Anaheim. He's done well in Vegas. There's no reason why the Ducks shouldn't at least explore it. They have so much cap space as it is. As far as other defensemen, I mean, I've mentioned defensemen. I mean, there could be a trade for Philip Zadina from Detroit. He needs he needs somewhere new. I've mentioned John Klingberg. That's definitely someone that the Ducks should go after this summer. I think defense is going to be the biggest thing they need to go after. I mean, they should go after some wingers as well. But I, I personally think defense has to be the higher priority over wingers. The Ducks have a lot of centers. They have center depth, and that is fine. They have some good wingers, but they would like that wing depth if possible. But defensemen, I mean, losing Manson was big. Losing Lindholm was really big. So those are already two key guys that you have to replace. This is also the final year of Kevin Shattenkirk's contract. So who knows if he's going to come back after this season. So the Ducks do have to think long-term as well, right? They've got to think long-term as far as the youth. And they also might have to think long-term as far as goaltending. And I will talk about that after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. Whether you drive a Chevy, a Toyota, a Ford, Rock Auto has the parts just for you. You could save time and money when using Rock Auto. And why spend full price when you could save half or more than half of the same parts that you could get at a chain store? And there's not even a guarantee that those parts will even be available at the chain store. Rock Auto has been family owned and operated for over two decades. And the prices are reliably low for everyone. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available. And in the How Did You Hear About Us box, 
Tell them that Locked on Ducks sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the first, we're going to talk about goaltending. We'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to the best podcast your car will ever need. Locked on Anaheim Ducks. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we're talking about the future of the Ducks. Now, I did mention defensemen before, and I talked about what the Ducks should do in the immediate future as far as defensemen goes. But let's talk about the goaltending and what's at stake there. So John Gibson, this is a goaltender that had a tale of two seasons before the All-Star break and after the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, everything completely fell apart for John Gibson. He had a long streak of three-plus goals. His goals against was above four. His save percentage was hovering around 900. It just was not good. And you could tell he was frustrated. You could definitely tell that he was getting frustrated as the season wore on. You could see it in his body language. You could just see it. John Gibson was ready to get the taser out multiple times, especially towards the end of the season. The defense was just non-existent in front of him. So what do the Ducks do with John Gibson? There's been plenty of trade rumors. There's also been the rumor that the Ducks should go after at least a big-time goalie free agent. And there was one name that was lobbied about last week, and I thought about it. And I'm like, you know, it would be kind of neat to see Jack Campbell come back to SoCal. Now, Jack Campbell does have a relationship already with one of the assistant coaches. John Gibson is great. He's fantastic. He's got five years left on his deal. There are supposedly a ton of teams that would want his talents I've heard New Jersey being one of those teams that would love to have John Gibson and would be willing to trade quite a bit for him. Okay, that that could work out fine, but only if the Ducks have a deal in place with another goalie. And Jack Campbell, look, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's going to get a big payday. He's young. He's a young goalie. I did mention that he already knows one of the assistant coaches. And that would be none other than Stutz. Mike Stuthers knows Jack Campbell very well already because of Jack Campbell's time with the Ontario Reign. Now, there was a report a couple days ago that his situation in Toronto is becoming very, very uncertain. The Maple Leafs are not in any hurry for whatever reason to re-sign Soup. Why not? Apparently, Soupy's asking for a lot of money. And honestly, I don't blame him. I do not blame him one bit. Jack Campbell is a star in the league. Yes, he's on the older side. Yes, he's already 30. So he's got some miles on him. But he has played some of the best hockey recently. And I don't know if the Ducks are willing to give him... Five, I don't know if they're willing to give him six, seven, eight years. Maybe they'll be willing to give him five years. And that wouldn't be the worst thing. He he is kind of a late bloomer. But he did spend a lot of time with the Ontario Reign. Parts of three seasons. He had that terrific season 
2016-2017 where he went far with the Ontario Reign, but there was the whole Jeff Zakoff thing that happened against the San Diego goals. So we're not going to count that too much, but Campbell did great with the Reign. He did get injured towards the end of that season, which is why Jeff Zakoff was called upon in the first place. So that one, I don't count that much. Then 2017-2018, he split time between the Kings and the Reign. 2019, that was his big coming out party. 2018, there was injuries going on. Peter Budai was around. So there was a lot going on. Then 2020, the trade happened from the Kings to the Toronto Maple Leafs because at the time, the Kings decided their future backup goalie was not going to be Jack Campbell. It was going to be Cal Peterson. So they shipped him off. And now Jack Campbell is is one of the more sought-after goaltenders in free agency. And based on his last two playoff runs, he'll get a raise, but maybe not as much of a raise as we thought. And he is 30. So would that be a possible move? Would the Ducks be willing to pay the man? I think they might be willing to pay for him. And would it be considered an upgrade? That's the that's the thing. Would you consider Jack Campbell an upgrade from John Gibson? That, I'm not so sure. Because at least Jack Campbell had some semblance of a defense in front of him. Whereas John Gibson, can you imagine if John Gibson played in Toronto? Oh boy. First off, his numbers might go up. But the scrutiny, my God. I'm sure he could handle it. But man, talk about scrutiny. And I have a feeling that Jack Campbell probably wants to get out of that situation in Toronto. Having lost two consecutive Game 7s, that's that's got to hurt. That's really got to hurt. But the Leafs losing Game 7 twice in a row, that wasn't his fault. That is not on Jack Campbell. So maybe that's a name you go after. Maybe Maybe the Ducks do something. And maybe the Ducks get a lot back for John Gibson if they go that route. And if they're looking to get some guys back, maybe they take on one bad contract from New Jersey and maybe they get some prospects and build more towards the future. But we're talking the far off future. And that's why I'm going to segue in this final segment talking about the future past this coming season. So we'll talk about that after this brief word from Bet Online, which is where the game starts. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And folks, the Stanley Cup Finals are nearing, but you have the Eastern Conference Final to deal with. Who's going to win between Tampa Bay and New York? I mean, I I don't know who's going to win that series. I still have my money on Tampa Bay winning this series. So if you feel like putting down a pretty penny on that series, head over to Bet Online right now on your laptop or on your mobile device. Once again, that is Bet Online, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so before talking about the Ducks' far-off future, just want to give a quick plug here. I still play 
the hockey version of Wordle, and it's called Gordle. Now, I, I loved today's answer. I thought it was brilliant. So they're now doing six-letter last names. Not five, but six. And today's happened to strike my fancy. It was Cider. S-E-I-D-E-R, right? Mo Cider is one of the candidates for the Calder Trophy this season, along with Trevor Zegers' buddy. And I love that Gordel now has descriptions to go along with their answers. So it actually says, yeah, he's going to be the heavy favorite to win the Calder, despite being nominated alongside his former kindergarten teacher, Michael Bunting. <laughs> Look, I've been critical about that several times. Michael Bunting barely qualifies for the Calder. Yes, he's a few years older than Mo and Z. Should he be nominated? Sure. Does he qualify? Sure. I hope he doesn't win it. That's all. Okay. So the Ducks far, far off future. Not far off. I mean, like, after this season. I'm not going to say that Coach Eakins is a lame duck coach. But I'm not I'm not saying he is, but I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just saying he's there to fulfill the one-year option on his contract. Whether that means it's a season that's going to already be lost, we don't know that. We don't know how aggressively the Ducks are going to go this summer. It's possible that they could be looking at next season's draft and go, ooh, there are some big names out there. Maybe, Bedard, maybe he could be that guy. Maybe the Ducks do kind of tank a little bit, maybe pull a San Antonio Spurs a little bit and go after a franchise-changing player like that. It's possible they could. They've already given up so much else, right? The other reason why I think the Ducks should not go aggressive this summer, and hopefully more fans feel the same way, because you've got to think about the long-term health of the Ducks, and you have to think about where they are in this rebuild. Like, let's be honest. Where actually are the Ducks in this rebuild? I honestly still think that they're a little bit away. And they need to focus on some of the big contract extensions that will be coming up. And it's those three big names. Could it be a bridge deal? Could it not be? You have Troy Terry, who had an all-star caliber season. Could he be ready for a bridge deal? Or could he be thinking long-term could he think long-term we don't know that Troy Terry we know is going to ask for quite a bit of money especially if they have another big season for Troy Terry maybe Troy Terry gets another 30-35 goal season then you bet your ass that he's going to be asking for a little bit more and I wouldn't blame him that's where the Ducks might be a little bit handcuffed if he garners that much more then you've got to think about a couple other youngins, Zegris and Drysdale. Let's start with Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale did a great job, and he will more likely get a bridge deal, maybe a two-year deal, before going into possible big money territory. Now, the other thing is he would be under team control still. In fact, so would Zegris. That team control does play a little bit in the Ducks' favor. And they won't have to pay him that much yet. So the bridge deal would make sense for Jamie Drysdale. 
That way they can also see how he does in those two contracts. In other words, this would kind of be a, this would be a show me contract, you know, a prove it contract. One that says, we're going to keep you committed, but show us what you really got. Show us on your second season. Show us on your third season. Show us that you are worth that much more money. I feel that Drysdale is not quite there yet. He's not the team's number one defenseman. Not yet. But the Ducks do need to think long-term with Drysdale. And they also need to think long-term with Trevor Zegris. Now, the Ducks do have a little bit more control over Zegris. So I don't see a bridge deal happening. But at least they could get a pretty decent long-term extension. And if I'm Z. Hell, why not? Why not give him a seven-year deal? Hell, why not give him an eight-year deal? Maybe an eight-by-eight. Would Trevor Zegers be worth an eight-by-eight? Think about this. If we see more improvement with Trevor Zegers and, and if he really catapults himself as a top-line center next season, and that could be possible. He could be a top-line center next season now that Ryan Getzloff has retired, that spot is open. I hope that Trevor Zegras becomes the true 1C next season and he really shows us what he's got. I, I hope he gets 70, 80 points next season and we see the birth of a superstar. So that's why I think that he could be worth an 8x8 contract, but... There is still this season. So let's see what the Ducks do with Z and Drysdale and Terry in the next 12 months. So that's why I don't think the Ducks are going to want to spend big. If anything, the Ducks should do just enough to get off the cap floor, have all that cap space, and then utilize it the following summer because they're going to need it for in order to keep those three guys around. All right, that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, next podcast, we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about prospects and a quick update on prospects still playing. In the meantime, thank you all so much for your continued support. Thank you for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. Don't forget that you can follow me at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, Thank you all so very much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm J.D. Hernandez saying have a terrific rest of the day. Please continue to be kind to each other. Be safe out there. And Ducks, fly together. Fly together.